Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave. We're hanging out. We're talking. We're sharing life together. And we're having fun. Uh, it's it's springtime finally, which is amazing. Hey, I like how you start gone. the program with hey. 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 Do I, do I always start with hey? I, you might. We'd have to go back and listen I'd to all of them. I'd have to go them. back to Relate365.com and look at the previous episodes. We would challenge somebody to go back and listen to the start of everyone and tell us, did Jason always start with hey? Yeah, and maybe we'll give a reward for whoever can figure out the statistical analysis. And would you spell it H-A-Y or H-E-Y? That's the question. It would be H-E-Y because H-A-Y. I wouldn't be saying hey like as a horse. Why? Because that wouldn't We're make any sense. We're in horse country. So now, so North- you could be looking out the window going, hey. So northern Wisconsin is horse country? It is here. It's not cow country? How many horses do we have? Yeah, but how many cows are around us? They eat hay too. I'm just saying, why would you say horse country it's and not cow country? It's horse and cow country. And they eat hay. So you and you corrected. could have been looking out the window, and for all I know, it's an expression of, hey. <laughs> I don't know what you mean when you say hey. This is why I enjoy having discussions. What does H-E-Y mean? Just like a, an affectionate term of endearment. Hey. Yeah. Now, you never know what I mean. If I'm saying hey, I could be talking about horses or cows. It or, gets your attention. Or goats. You know what? There's, there's, a, there's a saying. Hey is for horses. Yes. What's the straw. other part of it? <laughs> I have to remember. Hey is horses. You're right. Straws for goats. Is it? If you say it once more, I'll feed you some oats. Really? Yeah. I like oats. People eat oats. <laughs> so next yeah, time I'll I say, you, hey, you could be Jason. Hey, I'll give you horses. a tidbit of information about animals. Since we're, on, about animals. since we're on animals, I'll give it to you. Okay. Uh, years ago, I used to take care of the horses, and, and I didn't know what I was doing. I grew up in Chicago. So, arguably, were you taking care of them if you didn't know what you were doing? Not were? really. They were taking care <laughs> of me, pretty much. They were in charge. And uh, I had to feed them, though. And some of them were uh, kind of sluggish. Some of them were getting skinny. Is that politically correct to say? I, who cares? <laughs> you know, they're horses. And, but they uh, have feelings, don't they, they? I'm sure they do. But not like you and I, by the way. <laughs> this is true. This because is you true. could pull their mane all you want. They don't feel it a bit. Really? Yeah. They don't have any nerve. No, no, no nerve endings. Whatever it is. They, you, you grab that mane and just so that's how, that's why That's how you get on a horse is you grab the mane. Huh? Yep. And not only that, they can stand like in, in snow. They have a really inter- I can stand in snow. Yeah, without anything on. No. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I do that? I don't know. It would be a terrible thought. But the, the idea is that they stand in snow. They, they have like a, a netting kind of um, a network of veins when it goes up to their trunk to keep that part warm. But their legs can get cold and they don't even. They have a trunk like an elephant? I, exactly. No, it's, it's more like a Subaru. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like uh, you this morning. Are we going around in circles I feel here? like you this morning. Where was I going with this? <laughs> At the beginning, I was My talking about... My mind, I feel oh, like, has been adapted oats. to the way you oats. think. Oats, 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 oats. So I found that when my horses lacked energy, okay. I fed them oats. Okay. When they lacked weight, I fed them corn. Interesting. Yeah. The oats gave them energy, the corn gave them weight. I wonder if that carries over into the human body. Well, I would think that corn has more calories than oats, but I would have to look that up and... Doesn't corn just go straight through us? I have no idea. You know, there's that whole phrase, corn today, corn tomorrow. I have no idea. No. I I've, never, <laughs> I've never really thought overly too much about that saying. Okay. Yes. All right. Your generation is probably hooked on that saying, but I am not. I don't know what that means. I thought I learned it from your generation. No. Well, you probably did from somebody who had nothing to do in life but sit there and make ditties up. Ditties. 
Okay. All right. Anyways. Hey, there's something else we could talk about. Yes, besides, I'm sure there is. Besides, besides oats nonsense. and corn and, and energy and horses. And so far, all the listeners are thinking, yeah, I'm going to go back and listen to these podcasts. These make a lot of sense. That's right. No, they don't at this point. If this you is, ever want to know about horses, come up to Silver Ranch yeah. and talk to Dave. He'll tell you everything you need to know about horses. Dot org. Dot org. Silverchance.org. <laughs> there you go. Well, we do have horse information on there, maybe. We do. We do. And... Um, they're, they're horses for, for legs, tails, all that kind of stuff. Anyway. <laughs> onward and upward. Onward and upward. They're not the kind you get by the grocery store where you put a quarter in or something and, you know, have them wave around for a while. We're not talking those horses. Oh, brother. All right, time to move on. <laughs> those aren't horses, by the way. They don't even have horses. Just anywhere. so you know, they're not horses. It's like Mickey Mouse in a car now. Yeah, they're not. Those are not. Those are not horses. Why Just, are they not horses? Because they're not they look like a horse. Sure, they do. They sound like a horse. They do not. They, they gallop, they gallop not, like that, a horse. That sound is not like a horse. <laughs> That's why people come up to camp and they say, I, If I, I had some coconuts, I'd clap yeah, them right now. Just listen. Listen to this. <laughs> people come up to camp, you ask them if they've ridden a horse, they say yes. That's what they're talking about. I put a quarter in. You mean it? But they could have ridden a horse here. No, they haven't. They haven't even been here. And they haven't <laughs> ridden a horse. But yes, in front of the grocery store, I've ridden a horse. Oh, maybe they're talking about those stick horses with the heads. That could be too. My son does that. Yeah, well. You know, and he even gallops across the living room floor. I'm telling you, he's going to be a cowboy one day. I know. Anyway, let's, let's talk about something that I read and you read earlier. That's right. There is a man... His name is Luis. 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 And he is a survivor of the Pulse nightclub massacre. Okay. So that happened back in uh, 2016, I believe. It did. In Orlando, Florida. And yeah. he basically was the 50th. He said he should have been the 50th. Um, so he was a survivor. He was a survivor. He was in the hospital. Uh, and if you know anything about the, the Pulse uh, club, it was for gay people to come and all kinds of things went on there. But here's what, here's what happened. He basically says that he became somebody who found Christ and is no longer gay. Interesting. Yeah. It says uh, in, in, the, in the headline from NBC, says, Pulse Survivor says he is no longer gay. He has found Christ. So what, what I want to do is, is talk about whether this is politically correct or not. You know, you look at this and you think, here's a guy that says, I was living a certain way, doing certain things, believing certain things. When I understood something else, I didn't believe those things anymore. Is that unusual? I don't think so. That's how we grow in every area. Right. I mean, that's how we, I mean, every time we find out more information and more truth, it impacts the way that we view life. Right. So if you don't change like according the, to what you know. Right. That's the learning process. Yeah. What, why have schools or anything else if you're going to say, I already know what I want to know by the time I'm five. Right. And, and nothing will change. Right. So anybody that's growing right now, if you, if you seek truth, what's going to happen is you're going to be challenged by the truth when you find it. Right. And that's okay. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. And everybody's at a different point on that. Right. You know, I was, uh, I don't know if I ever told, I don't think I ever told this story on uh, Younger Older, but I was out rafting once. Whitewater rafting? Whitewater rafting. And we were out in, um, I think we were in the middle fork of the Salmon River. My father-in-law and I and my brother-in-law. Geographically challenged I am, but I think it's in Idaho. Idaho, okay. I think. I didn't know if we were talking Wisconsin. No, we're talking uh, out west. Oh, okay. Out west river. So like actual proper whitewater. Yeah, I'm not even sure where it it all goes, the Salmon River, but we were on it. Okay. And it was one of those where you go on, it's a rafting 
week, and my father-in-law wanted to go. And whenever he needed a partner for some crazy adventure, he would call me and say, why don't we do this? So, so we, you were the adventurer. We, I was. I rafted to Colorado with him, rafted to Middle Fork. We climbed really? mountains together. We we did dog sleds together. Really? Yeah, we did all kinds of stuff. Wow. Yeah. It kind of an interesting um son-in-law partnership that I had that I formed with them and I really appreciate the time we spent together but on this on this trip you know believe it or not I went out and we were out, we were out in the woods and um, every, every day we were you know these great rapids and at night if you ever went on a rafting trip out west there's there's guys that they hire that are just great at at taking care of you they serve you food like you would not believe out in the middle of nowhere right I mean gourmet stuff you know ice cream Pecan pie, I mean, the whole works. It's just really something else. Wow. And so they don't like to let you be on your own ever. They like to make sure that you're pampered somehow in the woods. And my idea of camping was not to be pampered by these guys. I mean, that that wasn't what I was thinking. Sure. So, I mean, I don't mind. You can cook. You can do all that kind of stuff. But we got to a spot the first night, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go find a spot to build a fire, just sit in this massive forest and enjoy. You know, I like my alone time. I mean, I do. And, and really, I travel a lot. I speak a lot. I do radio, just do that kind of stuff. So when I want to go on like a vacation, I don't want to do that. Right. I really just want to sit there and kind of absorb things and enjoy whatever's around me. And I remember going and, and the guys that um, were there were a certain religious persuasion that, that, they, that they hired for um, guides. And they seemed to all be of the same mind. Yeah. And I thought, you know, God, just... Keep them away from me, so I can sit here and enjoy creation. And I said, I really don't want to talk to them. They're gonna come over here. Here's what's gonna happen. They're gonna come. They're gonna ask me what I do for a living. I'm gonna tell them I teach the Bible. They're gonna tell me what they believe. And before you know, I got this huge debate going on. And really, I don't want to do that. I want to sit here. <laughs> but something tells me it didn't. It didn't, it go didn't the work way that you way, you know. <laughs> and not only that, I think I heard all the angelicos laughing, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Mister Selfish Man." Yeah. What if we put you out here to talk to somebody and you're saying, I don't want to open my mouth? You're starting to sound like Jonah. I know. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to open my mouth. I want to sit here. Would you let me sit here, God? That's you know, right. I'm thinking as I'm asking it, that is totally out of the will of God to ask him to do something that he wouldn't do anyway. Right. But I'm asking him anyway because I'm a stupid kid. So right. I'm sitting there and the guy starts walking toward me, one of the guys, and I go, Ugh. and I'm trying to build my own fire. And I know how to build a fire. I've grown up in the woods. And he comes over and goes, can I build that for you? I said, no. I, I, you know, <laughs> like, no. And he said, no, I will, sir. Sir, no, I will, sir. Oh, you know, I'm, th- I'm sitting there, there thinking. Uh, He's being nice to you. I'm not giving you more tip for this. I'm sorry. And so it's, you know, and I told him, I said, I'm not giving you more tip for this. I want to do my own yeah. fire. He goes, no, sir, it's our policy. We'll build the fires for you. Okay. So I sat there and watched him build a fire. I'm, I'm thinking, hurry up and build it. Get out of here. Yeah. And he builds it. He goes, so what do you do for a living? And I thought, you dog. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, I teach the Bible and, you know, I, I go to places and talk to them about Christ. And, and he says, well, I don't believe in your Bible or Christ. I mean, I don't believe in your Christ, he told me. Hmm. And I said, really? I looked at him and said, that's really your problem, isn't it? <laughs> and I just sat there and stared at the fire. Yeah. And, and that was, believe it or not, the best comeback I could have got him with. Yeah. I didn't think of it. I was trying to get rid of him. Right. And I think God was just laughing at me the whole time saying, he's going nowhere. He needs to talk to you. Right. And I'm trying to get rid of him. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you don't want to believe in Jesus, don't. You're an idiot. See ya. Yeah. You know, one of those moves. 
And uh, and he's and and finally he was talking enough, and I said, you know what? Did you ever read the Bible? Mm-hmm. He said, no. I said, then shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what what are you talking about? What, what do you create God, the God of your own making? Is that what you're doing here? Yeah. You're making something up and then calling it God. Right. Why don't you just go carve an idol or something? I mean, I honestly, you right. want to live that way? I said, you you need to do this. You need to at least, if you're going to talk about God and Jesus, you at least need to read the Bible. Right. You know, you need to go back there because here's the error you're making. And now I kicked right into teaching mode with them. You yeah. know, it's like, you can believe what you want. I understand that. Yeah. But here's the error you're making. You need to decide to discover truth and not make it up. Yeah. And right now you're not in that mode. You're, you're in the mode of making up truth and then applying what you made up. Mm. So really, you need to open the Bible and not read it to prove there's no God, not read it to prove there's no Jesus, not read it to prove whatever you want to prove, Right. but actually read it and say, what is in here and let me discover it. Well, by the end of the conversation, he said, yeah, I guess maybe so. Maybe I need to do that. So, you know, I don't know. What happened I, I never. That? I mean, I saw him the rest of the week, and we had good conversations, and they were always good. And I, I, la- I still, as you can tell, laugh about it with God. My, my I'm not going to talk to anyone moment. Your Jonah moment. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> oh, yes, you are. And, and even starting the way I did, it's like, you know, if God wants to speak to somebody, you can be an absolute fool, and he can still speak through right. you. Right. Absolutely. That's so true. Yeah, there's no strategy. I am not suggesting anybody that this is a good strategy to follow. <laughs> You're not saying go and tell This is not evangelism <laughs> explosion stuff. You know, but if God wants to work, he can work and he can take people who are just not doing what they're supposed to do, Jonah, for example, or even me in that case. So. Right. And I think we're just getting, getting the scratch on the surface here. I think that's a great story that's very applicable. But we're going to take a short break and be right back here on Younger and Older. Hey, welcome back. We're uh, younger and older here with Jason and Dave. Hey. Hey, did I, did I say hey again? You did. Oh, now I'm going to be self-conscious. I like today. it, though. I like it. <laughs> yeah, because I, th- I think of horses, like I said in the first half. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, hey, for horses, straws for goats. That, never mind. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this ditty. I don't want to hear it. All right. So we were talking about your trip at whitewater rafting and yes. how you didn't want to share your, you know, what you do in your faith, and you ended up doing that anyways. Yeah, your, your you know, Jonah moment, as I've dubbed it. Yeah, but you know, you know what's interesting is God works in the hearts of all of us, right? And He works in different ways. And even I don't even care, when you don't even want to be used, even when you don't want to be used, or even when you don't want to learn, right? When you don't want to, if if God is working in your heart, you're going to know it because you're going to change. You can't grow and stay the same, right? You can't do that, right? So, as me, an older guy talking to you, I would say, you know. Jason, you could have all the the desire in the world to say, I want to grow as a Christian. Mm -hmm. My question for you and your wife is to sit down sometime and say, so how has our life changed in the last year? Right. Because if it didn't change, you didn't grow. Right. And and you have a daily example of that in your children. Mm -hmm. Every time they grow, they change. Their clothes are different. Their size becomes different. Their intellect becomes different. Right. And they're not the same person. If you were to look at your family today mm-hmm. and say, okay, even six months ago, right. are they different? Oh, absolutely. And the kids have to be because the only option is to stagnate and stay the same. Mm-hmm. The problem is most adults stagnate and stay the same. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about this guy, the, the, the pulse survivor who says he found Christ and he's no longer gay, right? 
what is wrong with saying that he learned something mm-hmm. and he's no longer what he was before? Right. Why would anybody go against that? Right. Uh, other than feeling like, oh, you're beating on me because I don't know that yet. And I would say, you're right. You don't know that yet. Right. Absolutely. So you can get on me for that. But I would say if, if you don't know it, you don't know it. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know how I can help you until mm-hmm. you finally come to God and realize how he made people and how he made marriage and how he made life. And, and when we go back to the simple stuff, he made it so that there is a man and a woman. So when they do decide to have the sexual union, they're committed to each other for life so that there is a family unit for the children that might be made from that union to grow up in. Yeah. Now tell me where this gets really bad. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. You're not going to have children when two women get together. You're not going to have children when two men get together. You're, it's not made that way. Right. You can say whatever you want. You could say, well, it gives me pleasure. Well, chewing on bark may give you pleasure. I mean, right. but you're not doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not just about pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's about thinking through what is right and what is wrong and why. Yeah. And uh, there's a discovery process there. So anyway, this guy... Let me read stuff to you, and I'll get your comments on it. Yeah, absolutely. He survived the 2016 mass shooting in Florida that left 49 people dead. He says he found Christ. He's no longer gay. His name is Luis. I'm not going to give you the rest of his name. He said this, though, in his own post. I should have been number 50. Luis said in a message posted on Facebook, going through old pictures of the night of Pulse, I remember my struggles of perversion, heavy drinking, to drown everything, and having promiscuous sex that led to HIV. Mm. He said, my struggles were real. That's interesting. He recognized something, and he recognized it, I think, before it's too late in life. That what he had to do is he had to alter his state of mind in order to get into a, a, um, a lifestyle that was destructive. And if you were to go back and ask Luis, and I'm, I'm not talking to him right now, but if you were, I were... I would bet he would say, my lifestyle was destructive. It was destroying me. Mm-hmm. So why would anybody be upset with him for saying, I've changed it? Right. You know. Why would anyone why be? Would anybody, why would anybody be? Well, don't you think, though, everything that's said by anybody goes back to my own filter and how it reflects on me? Mm-hmm. Right. So... If you're somebody who is struggling with uh, being gay or whatever else it might be or whatever it is, you know, if somebody says, well, I no longer struggle with that, all of a sudden you start beating on them for using the word struggle. You start beating on them. I mean, you're basically trying to say, are you saying that I'm wrong? Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is, yes, they are. Right. And either you're wrong or you're right, and one day we'll know. Right. Absolutely. And I would suggest that you go check it out apart from your own feelings and emotions and see uh, how God made people and and just look at the logical part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, there there is other things that they said in this article. I'll throw them by and see what you say. Uh, this Luis shared his revelation just ahead of the Freedom March. Do you know what the Freedom March is? I don't. What is the Freedom March? Freedom March. I guess it is held. It is going to be held May 5th in Washington. And it is people who celebrate freedom from homosexuality and transgenderism. They actually get together and celebrate the fact oh, wow. that they're free from those vices. Mm-hmm. 
And you know what? They are. When you look in the Bible, what you find is that sin holds you in bondage. Right. And, and you can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. And once you get out of it, you don't want to go back to it. Mm-hmm. But sin holds you in bondage. Right. So there are people that are um, heterosexual that are in bondage to sex. Right. You know, they're, they're having affairs, they're doing stuff. That's wrong, just like homosexuality and, and transgender. I mean, those are wrong things. But it's bondage. They can't stop thinking about it. They can't. It controls them. It makes them do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, very important that we, we grab the idea that this is a, a group of people, and they started with uh, an organization called The Voice of the Voiceless, which is interesting. Mm. And uh, I didn't look these up, but our listeners can look up Voice of the Voiceless or Freedom March. They can yeah. look it up themselves. Uh, and the Voice of the Voiceless is a group with a mission to defend the rights of former homosexuals, individuals with unwanted same-sex attraction, and their families. Mm. Who would ever think we'd need an organization like that? Right. But we do. Well, it's because pe- you know our society doesn't think that they're allowed to to change. It's right. okay for them to you know go into that lifestyle, but for some reason they think it's not okay to come out of that lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the the conundrum that doesn't make any sense. It, it's absolutely weird to think in any way as an educator that people can't change. Right. It just doesn't fit who people are. Right. I mean, it's like your generation. You know, a lot of your generation smoked cigarettes. Right. Because it was the thing to do, and there was no other information about it. Right. You know, and so it's almost like me saying, "Well, it would be wrong for you to, you know, if you you don't smoke, but." You know, your generation did say right. say you did. It'd be you know, it's almost the same as me saying, "Well, you can't stop smoking, right? Because you can't change." You know, right. I mean, obviously, that's comparing like an apple to a watermelon, but yeah. it's, it's the same principle. No, it is. You know, in fact, some show we should do on uh, addictions. We should talk about that, right? Because it, honestly, but it's the same. It's the same philly, physiological, you know, like you said, mindset, the addiction aspect yep. that that's driving the lifestyle. To say people cannot change is ridiculous. Right. I mean, it really is because it happens all the time, and and you cannot do that. You cannot say somebody's stuck. Here, with that in mind, let me let me read um, something else to you here. Uh, this Luis said he was featured in a post for Freedom March, and he basically, under the words, uh, his story was told under homosexuals can change. Now, there's nothing weird about that. Right. They can. Same with heterosexuals can change. I mean, I, I understand that 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 can happen. We need to we need to look at it and say okay people change for whatever reason people change yeah um, but then here's here's a paragraph that bothered me so let me read it and get your response okay it says the controversial practice of trying to change one's sexual orientation or gender identity now this is NBC talking right the controversial practice of trying to change one's sexual orientation or gender identity is often referred to as conversion therapy. A long list of health organizations have spoken out against the medically debunked practice, including the American Medical Association, the American Psychological Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the National Association of School Psychologists, the American Psychoanalytic, I can't even say it, associations, and the American Counseling Association. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, how how have they debunked it, you know? Well... Yeah. You know what you got to watch? You got to watch when anybody in news starts saying this is the way it is. It sounds like a no-brainer to them. So they're making it sound like. Right. Let me go over a foundational thing again, which I don't know if we've gone over it for a while. But when you look at how culture changes, so I'm looking at your generation saying, are you concerned with things changing for the worse? Here's the pattern. Right. First, 
you have to remember that a society will never, ever ex- uh, um, accept something they think is deviant. Mm-hmm. So people who do deviant things, a culture doesn't accept it. They'll throw them in jail. They'll right. do whatever they need to. They won't accept it. So let's say there's a, something out there that's deviant and a culture doesn't want to throw them in jail. What do they have to do to it? They have to make it normal. Right, right. So years ago, if you look at laws and states, uh, affairs were against the, they were against the law. Right. You know, I mean, having an affair, adultery, there, there were many states. I, in fact, many of them still have it on the books. They just don't enforce it. Okay. Then they didn't enforce it, and now adultery is normal. Right. Abortion. At one time, people were appalled by the fact that you would kill babies. Now it is normal. Right. And, and now what's going on with the homosexual and the uh, LGBT, whatever, what's, what's happening is we, they're attempting to take something that was found deviant at one time, mm-hmm. make it normal. Right. But it's, it doesn't stop there. Here's, here's where the cycle gets finished. The change actually takes place after they not only make it normal, but they make those now who call the new normal the new deviants. Right. Because remember, they can't handle deviants. Right. So what's happening right now in our culture is the Dave Wagers and the Jasons of the world, we are, we are targeted as the new deviants mm-hmm. because we're saying homosexuality is wrong. Right. They've already normalized it. Right. Now they have to go through the process of making us the new deviants. Right. And therefore, there will probably be people whose lives are totally different because of legal challenges, people perhaps even in jail, people like bakers who get in trouble for not baking the right cake and whatever it might be, because they now are considered the deviant, and it'll go to court cases to try and figure out who are these deviants and what should we do with them. Right. And that's really where we're at. So I would warn your generation, be careful. When you start seeing something that 10 years ago was deviant, right. now it's normal, watch. Then those who start saying that the new normal is deviant will be the new deviants. And now, in some places, those who say that boys are created as boys, girls are created as girls, um, marriage should be between a man and a wife, they're the deviants. Right. And getting in trouble for saying it. NBC here, I think, this is, you know, I like the phrase, no kidding. This is a no kidding moment for me when I read this. I go, that is trying to make normal Mm -hmm. homosexuality and then using a bunch of medical practices to say, here's how it's normal. Right. I I refuse that. Right. And they would reject Luis, you know. because And that's probably ultimately why they're writing this article is because they're, you know, they're probably trying to say, well, this can't be. Yeah. You know. Well, the medical world can only do so much. Right. I mean, do you, you do know that um, when my mom was alive, we put her in hospice and she got out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they told me she had five days to live. Right. She didn't. She had years to live. Right. And the doctor and I, for a while, laughed about it because it was like, oops. Mm-hmm. You know, all the signs were she wasn't going to live. Right. Yet it's not up to the medical people to tell us that. Right. That's Absolutely. up to God. Right. And what happened was she lived, I forget how many more years, but it was years yeah. after that. And even more astounding is she gave up all her medicine and everything else, and she actually did better. Hmm. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Don't trust the medical guys when they're starting to say silly things. Yeah. 
But, I, you know, I think we talked about some interesting things, and hopefully it, it just helps you to think about, you know, our society and, and not just taking the book by its cover and really to, to focus on the truth behind a situation. Um, but that's all the time we have here on Younger and Older. I encourage you to go over to Relate365.com and check out previous podcasts and even to re-download this episode and re-listen to it. But we will see you next time on Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. Later. <laughs>